This week's episode of Carson Sack is brought to you by Juul. Juul is the new alternative to cigarettes, and it's what all the cool kids are doing. And like I said, it is the alternative for cigarettes, so it's a little less bad than cigarettes. Now, hit that itch. The sack is back. Oh my gosh, it has been about two weeks, three weeks maybe, since I have given you a Carson sack. And I'd want to apologize to all you fans out there. Really, I tell you all the time, I'm a student first and had finals the past couple weeks, well, one week, and had to study for that. And then had a bit of a personal issue before that the week before. So had to take some weeks off, get the mind right, take care of the schoolwork, and then finally I can give you this podcast again. So, Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls, is back. Episode 29. So much has happened in the sports world since I have last podcast and given you something to listen to. College football playoff is set. We're going to talk about that and I'm going to go through every bowl game and I'm going to give you my pick for that and then... The NFL playoffs, they are roaring. They're coming at us hot in two weeks. So we're going to look at last week's games, week 15, and then not going to rapid refire. It's just I'm going to take some time to get back into that. I'll have it next week for you, though, I promise. So look at last week's, and then we're going to look at this upcoming weeks and see how all of those affect the playoff pictures in both of those. Talk a little college basketball a lot has happened then top teams aren't looking as top as they should and there's a couple teams that flew way under the radar so far but making their way towards the top of the rankings so that's what you got to look forward to on this episode of Carson Sack so just sit back relax we're gonna get into some college football right now so the college bowl breakdown, I know I already missed five games, but I apologize about that. But let's start, I'm recording this on Tuesday, so let's start with the game on Tuesday. It is the Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. We have Akron going up against FAU. FAU, I mean, they're a 22.5-point favorite. Lane Kiffin has got these guys playing ridiculous. Akron is not a good team. Not good at all, and I'm, I mean that 100%. FAU, I don't know if they cover or not. This isn't going to be a cover type thing for you. I'm just going to tell you who's going to win, and FAU is getting the job done tonight. And then Wednesday the 20th in the DXL Frisco Bowl should be sponsored by Steak and Shake. They got one hell of a Frisco melt. Shout out Patty Delt. We got Louisiana Tech going up against SMU. Louisiana Tech, a bit of a mid-major that has come on strong in the past couple years. But I'm going to take the Pony Express. I'm going to take SMU in this one. Moving on to the 21st, we have Temple playing Florida International in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasprilla Bowl. There was a lawnmower race the other day, and FIU took that one home, but... I, I want to say Temple. I really do. I mean, Temple went on the road this year and beat LSU. I 
I'll give it to Temple. They're a seven-point favorite. I don't know what to cover, but I'll give the win itself to Temple. I think FIU is going to be riding a little too high after that lawnmower race, and Temple is going to come in right there, catch them thinking they're too good, steal the win. And then Friday, December 22nd, in the Bahamas Bowl, we have UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. And they they are just getting a football program back. So big turnaround for them to make a bowl so soon to what was a canceled program. They're playing Ohio. I am going to take, shit, I'm going to take UAB. Feel good story, getting the football team back, coming to a bowl game so close after your program was dead. UAB in this one. And then later that day, we have Central Michigan playing Wyoming in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. What is your type of favorite potato? I'm a mashed potato guy, big french fry guy. Anyone that says scout potato, please just shut this podcast off right now because I don't like your kind and I don't want your support. So... I am going to take Central Michigan. Wyoming obviously has Josh Allen, one of the top quarterback prospects in next year's draft, but the surrounding talent around him is not good, and he is not yet a player at the quarterback position that elevates the talent around him. I think that comes a little later on in the pros, but right now, I don't know a lot about Central Michigan, but I do know they are going to win the Potato Bowl on Friday, December 22nd. And here we go on Saturday, December 23rd. I think this could be the best Saturday of bowl games. I know it's a little early on. They're not primetime bowl games, not thought to be all that great. But these three games on the 23rd are just what I think are going to be some of the best played games of the bowl season. First one in the Birmingham Bowl, you have Texas Tech going up against USF. Charlie Strong making the transfer from Texas to USF. They have played wonderful. Brandon Flowers, their quarterback, is outstanding. Texas Tech and the most handsome coach in all of sports, Cliff Kingsbury, and that spread offense, just the wheeling, dealing, gun slinging players that they have there at the quarterback position. High scoring game, in my opinion. USF is the favorite. I like USF enough just because of Brandon Flowers, the senior quarterback, the leadership. Everything that he's got going there. And Cliff Kingsbury's teams have shown that your defense is a little susceptible to big plays and giving up a lot of points. And I think USF, with the quarterback that they have in Flowers, is just the type of team to do that. Big plays and big points. So I'm going to take USF in this one. Next game in the Lockheard Martin Armed Forces Bowl, you have San Diego State 10 and 2 on the year going to Army. They're 9 and 3. San Diego State is a six and a half point favorite, but I'm taking the Black Knights. Army gets their first 10 and 3 season in a while. I don't have the numbers on that, but I apologize. Army coming off that big win in the Snow Bowl in the annual rivalry against Navy. I think they just keep that momentum going. And I think Army beats San Diego State. And it's in the Armed Forces Bowl. Army, duh, like, it's a military bowl. They got it. And then the nightcap in the Dollar General Bowl. You might hate on Dollar General, but Dollar General is better than Family Dollar, Dollar Tree, any of those dollar stores. Dollar General, the perfect. I had an uncle that was a Dollar General manager. Shout out him. But... It's Appalachia State 8-4 going up against Toledo 11-2. I think this is the best game of the day, and I'm going to take Toledo, but Appalachia State, it's, I mean, everybody thinks of the Michigan game when they think of Appalachian State, and it's hard not to, but their teams year in and year out from that have been just so good, and they really are a good program for what they are, mid-major team like that, but Toledo, I watched them play against Akron, and my goodness, this team is athletic, 
and they just imposed their will. Like They wore down Akron, who, I mean, like I said earlier, I don't think they're that great of a team, but still, Akron's seven-win team, so a little respectable, but Toledo just wore them down, so I think that's going to be the case here in this game, and I would take Toledo over Appalachian State. Okay, I'm going to start to pick up the pace a little bit for these bowl games just because there's so damn many. Um, in the Hawaii Bowl, you got Fresno State going up against Houston. I'm going to take Houston 7-4. They still have Andre Ward. He's an athletic Norderback, so I'm going to take him in this one in the Hawaii Bowl. <clears throat> then you have on the 26th, we have Utah going up against West Virginia in the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl. Utah, West Virginia, I'm going to take Utah just because Will Greer, his finger is still pointing at a 90 degree angle. He will not be quarterback for the Mountaineers, so Utah gets winning that one, and they have a great run game as well. Duke against Northern Illinois in the Quick Lane Bowl, also on the 26th. I'm going to take Duke just because I think they are are the better institution. Then we have in the Cactus Bowl, we have Kansas State going up against UCLA. Josh Rosen leads a talented UCLA team that underperformed this year to a win over Kansas State, propelling him up draft boards with a big performance in the Cactus Bowl. And now for Wednesday, December 27th, once again, we're going to go to the hurry-up offense. Southern Miss against Florida State in the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. Florida State, a very disappointing year. Southern Miss, good year. I'm going to take Florida State just to rally around that interim coach and prove, hey, we're really not that shitty. Florida State over Southern Miss in the Independence Bowl. In the Pinstripe Bowl, love where this game is played. We got Iowa against Boston College. Boston College surprising some people this year, but not me. But Iowa going to win this one in the Pinstripe Bowl. Then in the Foster Farms Bowl, we have Arizona against Purdue. As much as I wish I could say Purdue's going to win this one, Arizona and their quarterback, Mack, Khalil, I forget. It's Khalil, not Khalil Mack, it's Khalil. Arizona is going to take this one. And then Texas versus Missouri in the Academy Sports Outdoors Texas Bowl. It's right there in the name. Texas versus Missouri, Texas Bowl. Texas wins this one. It is imperative for Tom Herman to go over 500 this year, which he's at 6-6 six and six now. Wins this one 7-6 and six to get his regime as Texas. Texas quarterback going off in the right track. NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR. We are still in the hurry up here for the bowl games because we haven't gotten to any real good ones. But Thursday, December 28th, we have Virginia going up against Navy in the military bowl. Once again, military, Navy in the military. I'm taking Navy over Virginia. Now things get a little interesting with ranked teams. In the Camping World Bowl, we have Virginia Tech going up against Oklahoma State. I just think Mason Rudolph and that Oklahoma State offense is too much for Virginia Tech. I think Oklahoma State wins this one. Then in the Alamo Bowl, we we have Stanford going up against TCU. I say it all the time. I think Kenny Trill Hill has a great game. I think TCU wins this one. Going to 11-3 on the year. little disappointing, but a big turnaround from what they had last year. And then in the San Diego County Credit Union, what a mouthful, Holiday Bowl. Holiday Bowl always brings the fun. Washington State going up against Michigan State. I'm a Big Ten guy. I should say Michigan State, but Washington State with Mike Leach is too much. And then I love their quarterback, Falk. I like Washington State to get to 10 wins on the year. Great year. Washington State, two-point favorite. This is the only lock I'll have all, all, all both years is take Washington State in this one. Now, Friday, December 29th, where I will be in Nashville for the Music City Bowl as Kentucky takes on number 21 Northwestern Battle of the Wildcats. Gotta obviously go with Kentucky. It's where I go to school. They're the better team. I don't understand how Northwestern is getting so much hype. 
as it is. I just don't think it's warranted, but whatever. Then later on that night in my personal most invested game, you have the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic as USC goes up against Ohio State. USC 8th in the country, Ohio State 5th in the country. JT Barrett is never going to get the respect he deserves as one of, if not the best quarterback in Ohio State history. But hey, he's going to say, fuck it. Go out and ball, put up great stats. I think Sam Darnell has a lot of tough time going up against that pass rush from Ohio State. Joey Bosa, Sam, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, my apologies. Um, Tracy Sprinkle, Sam Hubbard, and then the rest of the linebacking core and the safeties and the other players in the secondary with Denzel Ward and all those other people. I just think the defense for Ohio State is too much for USC. And I think Ohio State wins this one. Not. Not easily, but I don't think it's a very close game. Then, moving on to the Belk Bowl. Belk, they give away $1,000 gift cards, and they own like they own themselves, obviously, Belk. And it's a nice um, clothing store. Would love, personally, if I was a player to go to that bowl. But Wake Forest plays Texas A&M. I'm going to take Wake Forest. They're, out of nowhere this year, really a good team. 7-5, and five. both teams are, but... I'll take Wake Forest in this one. Then North Carolina State plays Arizona State in the Hyundai Sun Bowl. You would think, hey, Sun Bowl, Arizona State, it's a little hot. Um, Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh-uh. North Carolina State is going to win this one, and I think they're going to win it pretty handily. And then in the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl, you have New Mexico State going up against Utah State. I know nothing about either of these teams, but I see more Utah State games in my lifetime than I do New Mexico State, so I'm taking Utah State. Here we go now, moving closer to the New Year's Day Bowls. On Saturday, December 30th, we have Louisville going up against Mississippi State in the Tax Slayer Bowl. I'm going to take Louisville. Mississippi State is without Nick Fitzgerald, their talented white quarterback. I'm going to take Louisville. Lamar Jackson ends his collegiate career with a win and a big game. In the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, we have Iowa State going up against Memphis. Iowa State with a few upsets this year, but not going to happen today against the 20th-ranked Memphis Tigers. Memphis wins this one with an 11-2 record to end the year. Then in the Fiesta Bowl, a good game is sure to be had. Washington going up against Penn State. Washington 11th in the country. Penn State 9th in the country. I'm going to roll with the Nittany Lions. I think Saquon Barkley in his last Penn State game has a real, 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 real big game as the Nittany Lions beat the Huskies. And then a little nightcap for that in the Orange Bowl, Capital One Orange Bowl. Can't forget the sponsors. You have Wisconsin going up against Miami. Oof, tough one here. Miami coming off a very disappointing way to end the year against Clemson in the ACC championship game. Wisconsin barely, almost pulling off the upset, some would say, against Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. Both these teams losing in some of the worst ways you could in their conference championship games. So, I'm just going to go with Wisconsin just because they're a Big Ten team. And I think the U could be back, but... This game really, I think, does decide if the U is back or not. And I just think Wisconsin, with that run game, and I think Hornybrook makes enough plays through the air that Wisconsin gets this one done and beats Miami in the Orange Bowl. And now we get to the January 1st Bowl Games. Monday, it is. We have UCF going up against Auburn in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Thank God it wasn't on Sunday or else it wouldn't be open. Am I right? <laughs> Am I? Oh, my God. I hate myself sometimes, too. 
Um, I'm going to go with UCF. They are undefeated on the year. I don't think they've gotten enough respect all year, and I think the Knights win this one. And then we have the Outback Bowl between Michigan and South Carolina. I'm going to go South Carolina just because I think their team is more talented, and Muschamp has that team on the uptick. Then in the Citrus Bowl, presented by Overton's, don't know what that is. We got Notre Dame going up against LSU. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams threw the ball maybe 10 times combined. Both of these teams have great running games. I expect it to be a good game, but I'm going to take LSU in this one. I think Geis has a big game to combat what Notre Dame's going to do on the ground. So LSU wins the Citrus Bowl. Then... 5 p.m., we look at the college football playoff, and this is where I am going to get into some breakdowns. The first game is the Rose Bowl game. Can't forget that it's presented by Northwestern Mutual. We got the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs going up against the second-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. Georgia's defense all year has been real good. Also, I would like you to go listen to, I forget what episode it is. I think it's episode 18 or 19. I, I picked Georgia. I said they'd make the college football playoff. They flew under the radar at the start of the year, and here they are now. So a little tip of the cap to myself. How about that? I also said I think Oklahoma's going to make it. I think Alabama's going to make it as well. I don't know if I put Clemson in there or not. I don't think I did, but 75%, I'm I'm happy with myself. That's That's a C, so I'll take that. So, this game, Georgia's defense, really good. Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield also predicted him to win the Heisman. It happened. Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield's offense, they have players on the outside that can make plays. Obviously, Baker Mayfield, scrambling ability, running ability is there. Their running backs are good. And then what is, I think, really under like valued is their ability to have 81, their tight end, I don't remember his name. I watched the Big 12 championship game, and he was carving up TCU's defense in the middle, and I think that could be a real big factor for them in this game. Oklahoma's defense is good. I don't think it's – it has been tested, obviously, but I don't think it's been tested on a big enough stage as this where they have so many playmakers that Georgia does that they can – be exposed especially in the run game big 12 has no running has no concept of what running the ball is really and georgia does that better than any team in the country on their best day so in this one i think the key is if georgia can force a couple turnovers it doesn't have to be interceptions from baker mayfield but a fumble here or there and just a, a couple of stops It's unrealistic to think you're going to shut down Baker Mayfield in that high-powered offense, but just give me a couple stops, and I think Georgia has a real good chance. Do I think they can do that? No. I'm going to take Oklahoma in this one, but I think it's going to be a great game. I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I want Georgia to win. I do, but my mind is telling me Oklahoma. Then we move to the All-State Sugar Bowl in the nightcap, 845. Three years in a row, these teams have seen each other in the postseason, and the first two years, they gave us classics. Alabama, fourth in the country, going up against Clemson, number one in the country. Pretty much mirror images of each other, honestly. I mean, they really are. I mean, they're quarterbacks, pretty much both game managers. They're running backs. They have a stable on both sides of good backs. 
the receivers, I mean, Kelvin Ridley, one of the best, if not the best receivers in the country for Alabama, but Clemson has been notorious for wide receiver U. I mean, Sammy Watkins, Martavius Bryant, um, I'm sure there's uh, Mike Williams. I'm sure there's other players, too, that I'm just forgetting off the cusp, but still. And then their defense, Clemson and Alabama's defensive line, fantastic. Their linebackers, very good. Their secondary, very good as well. I would give the edge to Alabama in secondary, though, a little bit. So... It, it should be another great game, and I think it's going to be. Jeez. This is really difficult. I am going to roll, though. I'm going to roll with Alabama. I just think that Kelly Bryant hasn't faced a defense as good as Alabama's before this year, and the true freshman is going to make a few too many mistakes. But I think... Uh, Dabo is going to have a great game plan drawn up where they're not going to ask him to do too much, and I think that could help them out a lot. Once again, I want Clemson to win. I feel, well, Dabo's an asshole, so I really don't know who. I wish both of these teams could just lose, honestly. I don't like either of these teams that much. I would rather, but I personally would rather have Nick Saban lose in the national championship than Dabo lose in the national championship. So I'm going to go with Alabama just because I do think their defense is going to cause a little bit more problems for the true freshman than Clemson's is going to for Jalen Hurts. And I think Alabama, that is what propels them to a win. So that sets up Oklahoma versus Alabama the following Monday, the 8th. It's that game presented by AT&T. So, how about that? I'm going to go Oklahoma. That's that. I think in that game, the tight end plays a huge, huge, huge role. And I think Baker Mayfield just goes out, balls out. Doesn't really matter what goes on with Oklahoma's defense, whether they can really – I don't think they're going to be able to stop what Alabama's going to do on offense, but I definitely think they'll be able to slow down enough where Oklahoma and Baker can put up enough points that they win. And what is Auburn, not Auburn, what has Oklahoma done so well this year? They have a mobile quarterback. What has Alabama struggled with in the past? Mobile quarterbacks. I mean, Deshaun Watson two years in a row, Cardell Jones a couple years ago, Johnny Manziel few, few years ago. What do they struggle with? Trevor Knight also, who started above Baker Mayfield, the last time these two teams played each other, and Oklahoma won. So maybe a little revenge factor for Alabama, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Baker Mayfield, I'll say it again, he's too much. He's too good. And Oklahoma ends up beating Alabama, and out of nowhere, the Sooners take it home. And, hey, Jim Ross, by God almighty, they're bringing home the national championship for you. Sooners take it home, winning college football playoff champions of the college football world for 2017 slash 2018 with all that being said and done now it is time to move to the nfl and i'm not going to do a rapid fire recap or anything witty or anything like that i'm just really going to go down the list here and tell you what i thought about the games that happened last week is going to be pretty quick though bears lions lions win this one 2010 lions keep their playoff hopes alive pretty boring game to watch honestly And then next game, Chargers-Chiefs. Chiefs Chiefs win this one 30-13 to bring the Chargers' win streak to a scorching hot stop. 
and Chiefs keep their playoff hopes alive in the NFC West, then you have the Browns losing to the Ravens 27-10. Ravens are going to be a dangerous team if they can sneak into the playoffs, and they had a real easy schedule coming down the stretch here. They play the Browns, and then I believe they play Colts next week, and then the Bengals to end it, so pretty easy schedule down the road for the Ravens. Then, in what is almost surely to be an AFC Championship game preview, I say that, but now probably both teams won't make it. The Steelers lose to the Patriots on a very questionable last play of a fake spike um, slant route to Eli Rogers. Antonio Brown leaves the game in the first quarter, though, so if these two teams do play in the playoffs, it'll be a totally different picture at Foxborough and with Antonio Brown. Just total 180 from what this game could be. Then you have the Dolphins at the Bills. Bills win this one 24-16, keeping their playoff hopes in the AFC East alive. Panthers-Packers, Aaron Rodgers was back, but the Panthers win this one 31-24. Packers came surging back late in the fourth quarter, but just couldn't get it done. Think the Packers do rest Aaron Rodgers with their playoff hopes now done for the year, but Panthers looking like real strong contenders in the NFC. Jaguars beat up on the Texans 45-7. Jaguars now secured their first playoff berth in a very, very long time. I think since Byron Leftwich was there, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time. So slept on. Byron Leftwich to go. And then the Vikings also beat up on the Bengals 34-7. Marvin Lewis is apparently out as the Bengals head coach. As a Steelers fan, I will personally pay that man's salary so he can stay in the Bengals organization as the head coach because he has brought us so many good times as Steelers fans. Then... Saints, Jets, Saints win this one, and they look, like I said about the Panthers, like they're going to be some real big contenders in the NFC. Unfortunately, both these teams in the NFC South, so if they're both going to make it, one of them's going to have to take the wild card. More than likely, that's going to be the Panthers. Eagles beat the Giants 34-29 in a closer game than what it should have been. Eagles show that Nick Foles is still good. He has four touchdowns on the day, so offense didn't really skip a beat with him in there for Carson Wentz. NFC West showdown is what it was supposed to be, but it was an NFC hoedown because the Seahawks fall to the Rams 42-7. Todd Gurley, four total touchdowns on the day. Jared Goff with two passing touchdowns. Rams look for real, and I like it. Then, yeah, the Cowboys go to the Raiders on Sunday night in a very close game. They brought out the piece of paper to measure the first down mark, and never seen that before. I don't know how scientific that is. It doesn't really make that much sense because they folded it twice, a.k.a. making it thicker. I don't know. I'm, I'm not an NFL ref, but, God, that does not seem that great. Cowboys win, and they're sitting at 8-6. and six. They have a chance. They got a chance to make the playoffs, and that is good for all you fantasy football owners of Ezekiel Elliott like me. Come on, Zeke. Need you these last two weeks. Then, on Monday night, yeah, the Falcons barely squeaking by the Buccaneers 24-21. And the Falcons, again, the NFC South is looking dangerous. Hopefully they can get just all three of those teams in there between the Saints, Falcons, and the Panthers. I'd love to see it. But Falcons win this one 24-21 after a big game from Devontae Freeman. Once again, going to kind of treat this like what I did for the Bulls segment where for the NFL games this coming week, I'm going to talk about some real quickly and then I'm going to get into some with a little bit of a breakdown. No Thursday night game, but two Saturday games. You have the Colts going to the Ravens. I think it's going to be a closer game than what people are expecting, but 
I think the Ravens' defense with Terrell Suggs makes a big play in the end of the game, and the Ravens end up beating the Colts, helping their playoff causes even more. Then the Vikings go to the Packers. Big question here, are the Packers going to shut down Aaron Rodgers for the year? I would. I don't think it. I mean, if Rodgers wants to go out there and compete, it's going to be hard to tell him no, but I just think Mike McCarthy and the organization should make the long-term decision and say, hey, we're going to rush you, get healthy for next year. And I think that's what they end up doing, and I think the Vikings go into Lambeau, moving their record to 12-3, and beating the Packers at 8.30 on NBC. It's an even spread right now. I really don't understand why, but that's what it is. Then on Sunday, you got the Browns going to the Bears. I think the Browns end up getting their first win. I don't think Deshaun Kaiser plays that well, but I think the running game is enough there, and I think Kaiser, I'm... I have the Bears defense in fantasy, and I hate to say this, but I maybe he doesn't turn the ball over this game. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Probably won't happen, but I'm going to go on a limb and say he doesn't. I think Josh Gordon has a very nice game. Maybe about four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. I could only hope, just because I love that guy. So I think the Browns get their first win of the year. Then, coming off a hard-fought loss on Monday night, the Buccaneers go to the Panthers, and I think Cam Newton and the rest of the supporting cast for the Panthers get the job done and beat the Buccaneers in a closer game than what people expect, but a close game could be, or it literally could just be a rout because the Buccaneers used up all their energy on Monday night, and technically it's a short week, air quotes, you can't see it, but short week for them. Then, the next game, you got the Lions going to the Bengals, and I just like the Lions a lot in this one. Marvin Lewis is on the way out, allegedly, and I think the players are just going to give up on him and just send in the rest of this season with piss-poor attitudes. Then, you have the Dolphins going to the Chiefs. Chiefs need this one real bad, and I think they get it. I think Alex Smith returns to the form that we saw early on in the year, and Kareem Hunt is playing really well as of late. And Tyreek Hill has been getting the long ball dialed up to him a few times a game, and he's been cashing in on it. So I think that all three of those happen. Alex Smith returns to early season form. Kareem Hunt continues his hot play as of late, and Tyreek Hill catches at least one deep bomb from Alex Smith. And... Chiefs beat the Dolphins. Moving on, we have the Bills going to the Patriots in a big AFC East matchup. I think the Patriots win. I I really wish the Bills could make the playoffs because their fans deserve it. Bills Mafia has been putting on for that city, sometimes harder than what the players have on the field for so long, and I really hope they can somehow find a way into the playoffs this year. I don't, right off, don't know the scenarios. Next week, though, going into Week 17, I will, week 17 or 16, my apologies, I will know what is going on for this. I I will. I promise you I will know the playoff scenarios and what needs to happen, but this week there's just still so much that could happen. But in this one, I think the Patriots, they just are riding high. I think Gronk has another big game like he did last week against the Steelers, and the Patriots win this one. Skip over Falcon Saints. We're going to dive into that one a little bit more. Chargers, Jets, Chargers really need this one after that loss last week to the Chiefs. I think they end up getting it. Rams, Titans. Rams win this one pretty handedly. Broncos, Redskins. I'll give it to the Redskins, but Brock Osweiler played real well in relief last week of Trevor Simeon, who is out for the year now with a shoulder injury. But um, the Broncos wouldn't even name Osweiler their starting quarterback because they don't have enough trust in him. John Elway, screw you. You need to go find a quarterback in the offseason, and I really hope you don't because I don't like you. Jaguars 49ers. Hopefully all the Jags play just to help maybe get to that second seed and get a bye. I would really appreciate that as a Fournette owner in fantasy, but 
if not totally understand. Jimmy Garoppolo, though, handsomest quarterback in the league. He is proving that, hey, maybe he was pretty good. Did the New England Patriots trade the wrong quarterback? Sure, they have gotten rid of Tom Brady. I mean, they get rid of everybody else right in the prime, and then they turn out to be the shits. I don't know. Maybe Belichick knew something about this Brady guy that we don't. So, Jimmy G, though, three games in a row that they have won for the 49ers. So, I'm going to take the Jags in this one, but 49ers will probably be a good game. Giants-Cardinals, nobody really cares. I'll take the Cardinals. Seahawks-Cowboys. Now, this isn't actually a big game, and we are going to look at that a little bit later when we talk about the Falcons-Saints. Then on Monday, we got a doubleheader at 4.30. We have, this is Christmas Day, we have the Steelers playing the Texans. I'll take the Steelers even without Antonio Brown, but... I think DeAndre Hopkins has a big game, and I think Martavius Bryant and Juju have a great game, but I think the Steelers are going to ride Le'Veon Bell all day in that. And then the nightcap, you got the Raiders going to the Eagles. I think the Raiders... I want to say the Raiders win this one, but I just can't. I think Nick Foles has a good game, continues to just grow on what he's done the past couple weeks, and that's that. And I think the Eagles win that one. And now, like I said, we are going to talk about two games and dive headfirst into those. The first one, you got the Seahawks and the Cowboys. This is on Fox at 425. Dallas is a five-point favorite. That's a lot for me. Too rich for my blood, but I think the Cowboys win this one. Ezekiel Elliott is back from the six-game suspension, and apparently he went down to the Bahamas or Mexico or something and transformed his body, and honestly, he needed to. If you looked at pictures from his junior year, his sophomore year at Ohio State to his junior year to his first year in the NFL to this year, he has only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and they... It really didn't affect his play all that much, but you could see where he lost a step, maybe a half a step, honestly. But now, apparently, he's transformed his body back to what it was, and that is only bad news for the Seahawks and everybody else. And that team just plays so much better with him. They have such better game flow and pace of play. They control the clock and ball possession a lot more. There's a better threat for the play action with Dak. It it takes a lot of pressure off Dak, which you could see in the first couple games of the six-game suspension that it was just a little too much for Dak. They played poorly. They only scored, I think, 14 points in the first two weeks of the suspension, seven games apiece. That's just not – you're not going to win games in the NFL putting only up seven points. It's just not going to happen. You have to score more points than the other team, and it's pretty easy to score more than seven. The Seahawks, though, every year it's the same shit with them, and I've been saying it. I don't think they're that good this year where they could dick around all the way up until December and then turn it on, and they can't. It showed last week. The Seahawks have holes in their offense, and because of injuries, they have holes in their defense in the secondary. I mean, that O-line, for the love of God, get a get two. There's five O-line positions. Get two good O-linemen get a third okay, and then you can have serviceable other two, and then get a running back, compliments Russell Wilson in that passing game with Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, Paul Richardson, Jimmy Graham, who has gone MIA these last two weeks. I don't understand how you can have such a playmaker like him and just totally ignore him. He had no, no catches, no anything two weeks ago and has a reception for negative one yard this past week. I just don't understand. And they were down most of the game, and you're passing, and you just don't get him the ball. He is a freak athlete. He is a match-up problem. Problem and you just don't get it to him. I don't understand that at all. 
Russell Wilson is having an MVP type year, even with all of this, and no one is talking about it. He has the most passing touchdowns, I think, and he's first in so many statistical categories for quarterbacks, and because of this poor play, he's flying under the radar as an MVP candidate, and he should. I am sick of the same old story from the Seahawks. Let's dick around, let's play okay first couple of months, and then December comes around, we're going to just flip this switch, and it'll be good. It's not happening this year, and it's really not. Also, just to reiterate this whole get a running back type thing too, Trent Richardson has been killing it up in the CFL in Canada. He killed it. Sign him. Get Eddie Lacy and Trent Richardson. Get their asses resurging their career. Have the one-two punch. Get it going. It's real simple there, Pete. It can happen. You just got to do it. I know you're saying, oh, it's a lot easier said than done. It's really not. Go dr- you're in the draft. You can draft players of... Offensive line, good talent. You you are a good drafting team. I mean, you took Sherman, you took Russell Wilson, you took Baldwin, you took all these players. You clearly have some eye for talent. Use it. So, I went off on a spiel there for the Seahawks. I apologize. But Cowboys, I think Zeke back. Play action is going to be there for Dak and Dez and everybody else on that team. And they're going to troll the pace of play, and they're going to control the time of possession, and I think the Cowboys win this one, moving them to 9-6 and six on the year and keeping them just on the cusp of the playoff picture. And now the last game to look at of this very important week and in the NFL, you got the Falcons going to the Saints, and the Saints, obviously the home field advantage in that dome is so daunting, and it is real. The Seahawks host a great um, home field advantage, and so do the Saints. Saints need this one. Falcons need this one. I think the Saints put up a lot of points this game. And I think the Falcons put up a lot of points this game. And I think it's going to be a little hard, as it is for almost every team, to stop Julio Jones. Saints defense has been good this year. They're not the best um, statistically, but they're a good scoring defense, which means force a lot of turnovers, take scoring opportunities away from opposing offenses. So that's good. The more times that um, Matt Ryan and that offense can be held without points and off the field, you give yourself a better and better chance to win. I think Matt Ryan throws a interception this game, just one. And then I think the Falcons with Devontae Freeman pound the ball, control some time of possession. If Tevin Coleman is back, that adds another weapon to them in the passing game as well. Alvin Kamara for the Saints, though, he scares me a lot. He is such a dynamic playmaker. Mark Ingram, back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons, resurging his career, kind of in middle of the road, but he's one of the best backs in the NFL these past two years. That concerns me as well because the past couple years, about past couple five or six years, Drew Brees hasn't really had a running game to support his passing game, and it has shown they put too much pressure on him, and it's just hard to win games like that. And the defense hasn't been as good as it has been this year. And you could see that Drew Brees was trying his best out there, but one guy can't beat a whole team, and that's what the Saints were doing. I think Sean Payton pulls out some tricks in this game, and I think the Saints do end up winning. I think Drew Brees has a nice game. I think Michael Thomas, the second-year receiver out of Ohio State, has some nice has a nice game. And I think Ted Ginn 
probably has a deep ball thrown to him, one or two, and I think he does catch one or two for a touchdown. So that's what I got. I got the Saints over the Falcons, but I think it's going to be a good game, and I think there's going to be a lot of players with a lot of great statistics. So keep your eye on this one if you're a fantasy owner of anybody in this game because I think playing them is going to pay off huge. I'm not a fantasy football podcast, though, so I'm not going to get crazy into it, but I think it's going to be a great game, but in the end, I think the Saints pick up the victory over the Falcons. Now that the balls of football are done being talked, I can finally talk to you about my favorite sport, college basketball, and it's just really hard for me to talk about this on here because I know teams, but I don't know players that well, which I, as a a podcaster and a person that claims to be a huge college basketball fan, which I am, I should know better, but I can tell you about teams and them playing well and what their strengths and weaknesses are, but player-wise, it's just really hard to see so many games when you have you don't have a lot of packages. You don't have watch ESPN. I should, but I don't. I'm sorry. But the top 25 rankings right now, you got Villanova number one, Michigan State at two, and Arizona State three. I agree with all of that. Villanova has played real well. They're undefeated. Michigan State, their only loss coming to Duke early on in the year, second game of the year for the Spartans, and they're putting up with Miles Bridges and Nick Ward. Nick Ward, one of the best un- unsung heroes in the Big Ten and maybe the country. He is a great player. They got a good core with those two. And then Tum Tum Nair at the point guard. I like Michigan State a lot. Arizona State have a great group of guards, but their backcourt, I mean their front court, little little to be desired. They're lacking a little bit, so that's going to be interesting to see how that progresses. But they have had a plethora of good wins so far, the biggest one being at Kansas, winning by double digits. Yeah, at Kansas. And then five Four, five, and six, you got Duke, North Carolina, and Miami. ACC teams, I agree with that completely. Duke's loss at Boston College was a bit of a disappointing loss just because it was by so much. It wasn't like a last-second shot or anything. And then North Carolina, they're right there in the pack. Totally understandable. Um, Joel Berry, point guard for them, very good. Miami, know nothing about them. Apologize. Then seven, eight, nine, and ten. You got Kentucky, Texas A&M, Xavier, and West Virginia. Both of all four of those teams sitting with one loss on the year. Kentucky, good loss against Kansas early on in the year in a very tough fought game, which a lot of people didn't think the Young Cats were going to be able to win. Texas A&M, another SEC team, only one loss on the year. They have one huge, great power forward there. Xavier. Don't know a lot about them. I apologize, but they did beat Cincinnati in that crosstown rivalry game pretty handedly. And Cincinnati is a top 25 team. They're actually 20th in the country. And then West Virginia, Bobby Thuggins, Bobby Huggins, Huggy Bear. He's got that press team going real well. Kentucky has a showdown with West Virginia at West Virginia in January. So we're going to keep an eye on that one. Then you got Wichita State, who was third in the country before last week's game against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma smacked them at Wichita State. Then you have Gonzaga. They're at 9-2 and two on the year. I really don't like Gonzaga at all. I'm a St. Mary's fan. That's their biggest rival. But Gonzaga, Adam Morrison said that Gonzaga was kind of America's team because nobody really roots against them. I hate Gonzaga, so there's that. Then you got Virginia, who... Under Tony Bennett, great team year in and year out. Don't really put up a lot of points, which hurts them come March, but they'll be good in the mix in the ACC all year. Then you got Kansas and TCU from the Big 12. Kansas 
Two losses this year already. Not very characteristic of them. TCU under Jamie Dixon, they are 10 and 0, skyrocketing up the rankings. Then at 16, 17, and 18, you have Purdue, Oklahoma, and Arizona. Purdue 11 and 2. In the Atlantis, they lost two games. It was thought to be they lose three, but. Not the case. Oklahoma, 8-1 and one on the year. Their best win, like I said, at Wichita State, very handedly. Then you have Arizona, who lost those three games in the uh, Atlantis, in the Bahamas, losing to Purdue in their last game. And then Baylor, they have a great front court. All, like, they get like three... Three or four, they get a couple three stars and they get a four star in the front court and they just turn out to be just solid good players and it's just always like that. Cincinnati nine and two on the year, they're gonna be in the AAC um, title picture all year and they're a real good team under Cronin. I like them a lot. Tennessee just came off a hard fought loss to North Carolina at Tennessee. They were twenty fourth and then they moved up after a loss. Don't really see that that much often. Texas Tech under Tubby Smith, they are killing it in the Big 12 as well, 9-1. Seton Hall is very slept on, very good team. They just lost, though, to Rutgers, and they somehow stayed in the top 25. Florida State, 9-1. They just lost, slid down to 24th. And Creighton, um, Doug McDermott, Dougie Buckets isn't there, but they are still getting up buckets, and they are 8-2 on the year. So... That is the top 25, and now I'm going to talk about some matchups, games that are going to be coming up in these next coming days that we need to keep an eye on. On Saturday, December 23rd, you have the CBS Sports Classic. You have Ohio State playing UNC, and then you have number 7 Kentucky playing UCLA. Ohio State is on the come up with Holtman. I'm an Ohio State fan, but I'm not just saying this. They have good talent, and they have players that, no, they're not five stars. They're not. But they're three and four stars that Holtman coaches up just like he did at Butler. And Keelan Martin was one of his star players at Butler. And Ohio State has this freshman, Caleb Wesson, who kind of the same body type. Keelan Martin a little bit skinnier. Did come in a little bit bigger into the program for Butler. And Wesson right now a little bigger. I think Holtman's going to have him slim down, develop a mid-range jumper, maybe a three-pointer as well just like he did with Keelan Martin, and I think he's going to turn into his Keelan Martin. Right now, he's sort of a vocal point of the offense, which is good as a true freshman. I only think he's going to get better. C.J. Jackson is running the point for the Buckeyes, and he is doing real well. And then Kate's Diop is a senior this year, and he's a walk-in double-double. He really is. He scores with ease in so many ways. He can post them up down low. He can stretch the floor, shoot a couple threes, and his rebounding has gotten so much better than what it was his first three years. He really looks for the contact down low, which he didn't do his first years. And then Jay Sean Tate, I, my favorite player in all of college basketball, I'll be 100% honest with you. He's 6'5". They post him up. They get him down low. He drives well. He's physical. He's everything you look for in a basketball player, really. He doesn't really have much of a shot, though. But I think Ohio State does. Heck, they might upset UNC this game, and I think they do. And then Kentucky playing UCLA, I just think Kentucky is too good to lose to this team. And I just think they end up doing it. And then the 29th, Kentucky does play UofL at home in Rupp. And I just like Kentucky. I think their big men are going to pose a real problem to Ray Spalding and then uh, Anis Mahmoud, or however you say his last name. I think they're going to get them in foul trouble. And I don't think they have enough depth down low. And even if the Cardinals do get 
the uh, centers and power forwards and everything like that in foul trouble for the Cats. They have such a deep rotation with Vanderbilt. With P- not Van- well, Vanderbilt probably isn't going to play. It'd be awesome if he did, but still. But Sasha Kalia Jones, Wenyan Gabriel, P.J. Washington, Nick Richards. If you really need him, Ty Winyard. Just and then Kevin Knox. I know he's more of a shooting forward, but. It could put him down there. I honestly would just because he is so much bigger than those guys, and he's quicker, I think, than both those guys. He's a little bit, he's lanky, he's long, he's got a wingspan, but I think he could cause some problems down low. Hey, Cal, I'm giving you this tip. You go ahead and use it if you want. Quad A Green is guaranteed a win. He is rocking the dark out, blackout shades. I like him a lot. So I'm going to take the Cats in this one, obviously, and I'm a, I, I, I go to UK. Of course, I'm going to take them. And then the 28th, we have Creighton going to Seton Hall. Battle of right now top 25 teams. Creighton at 25, Seton Hall at 23. Um, Delgado, excuse me, for Seton Hall is one of just, I think, the most slept on and good players in college basketball. I just don't know how Creighton's going to stop him, so I'm going to take Seton Hall in that one. And then last games I'm going to talk about more <clears throat> on the 29th of December. You have West Virginia going to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, they are one of the best home court advantages in college basketball, and it's just not really talked about. They have a great guard. I for, forget his name. He is of Hispanic heritage. That's all I can really say. He's that. I like the Cowboys in this one. Baylor also that day goes to Texas Tech. I like Baylor just because of their front court. And then Kansas goes to Texas, and Texas could pull off the upset. I just don't see Kansas really losing a lot more games this year because they've already dropped two on the year. I think they'll probably end with about five, six losses, but they're not going to rack up one in this game. I think it's a really close game. I think it's a really good game. It's a real important Big 12 game, but I think Kansas wins that one. And that is that. That is the 29th episode of Carson's Act Podcast. I want to thank you for being so patient with me these last couple weeks where I haven't been putting things out. Hopefully this episode comes back in a strong way. Hopefully it gets a strong response. Maybe me not doing it is just you all have been salivating. You have wanted one. So here it is. Next week, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put out a Christmas-themed episode. I hope you do tune in for that. As always, like, subscribe, review, rate on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you're going to do, wherever you get your podcast. If you don't get them on iTunes, I think it's pretty weird but that's fine i am going to next week give you a podcast over the christmas holiday or or kwanzaa or whatever you celebrate i hope i have listeners from all different culture culture cultures god i i'm misspeaking here i apologize but again thank you as always for listening it really does mean a lot i'm sitting here putting in the work I learned I got 16 stitches in my back last night I fell through a glass table you know what all I could think about was it's my flu game it's my stitches game I want to go out there and record my podcast I'm gonna feel it in my I'm not no painkillers right now guys I would be loopy if I was I I'm fighting serious back issues I'm really not knock on wood I really don't need this thing infected or anything but boy All I could think about when I was lying there, when they were pouring the numbing cream on me and it felt like someone was burning my infection, my cut. I was like, hey, I'm going to record the sack tomorrow and everything's going to be okay. 16 stitches later and here I am, ladies and gentlemen, giving you Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls. This was episode 29, Christmas episode number 30! Next week, as always... 
I truly, truly, truly appreciate any support this gets. Listen to it. Pass it on to a friend. Pass it on to a family relative or an uncle or that, yeah, the weird uncle that you don't really like. He's drunk all the time. He smells like beer and friggin' burps and beef and cheese and you don't really know why and it freaks you out a little bit. Give it to him. I think he'd be a great listener, great addition to the Carson Sack family of listeners. As always, as we say, closing up on Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls, we will be seeing you.